you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. All right, y'all, we are back again for Open Bar Talk podcast, the dopest bartending interview podcast in these streets. I'm very happy to uh, bring you this show. Uh, If you want to find our show, you can do it anywhere where you download podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, underneath your car, wherever the hell you get your podcasts, where you find this one. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe, for God's sakes. Uh, That is how people find out about the show. On iTunes, click give five stars, write a glowing review because you're about to hear some amazing stories. of the world of bartending. Now, if you're wondering who I am, uh, I'm Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all the social media, find me at Jim Search. I make branding super easy and breezy to get at this. Uh, the guest we have on today, I'm very excited to introduce her. You are going to love the horrific tales of bartending <laughs> uh, that she brought to the table. Uh, the co-host of Teen Mom Trash Talk, Noel Winters Herzog. How are you today? What's going on? Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am I am honored to have a uh, fellow reality TV junkie uh, in the house as well. <laughs> yes. Um, I, uh, in, a, in a different podcast world, I used to do recaps of Bar Rescue, uh, so I understand how important uh, that world is. So I that's see- wild. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a w- look. As you know, working in the bars and that show, there's so much to talk about. So there really is. And and Teen Mom, I mean, I feel like y'all, y- you have the material waiting for you. It's all we do. Waiting. We we also do another podcast. We recap 90 Day Fiance, and it's like mm. between the two. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much material here. And just, I mean, human nature, right? Mm-hmm. We are discussing people at their finest. I mean, again, <laughs> this is this is this is our pocket. So I feel like we are kindred spirits. Uh, you know, for so sure. Here we are today. Um, but you know, we are talking about uh the life of the bartenders. Um, and you have been a bartender uh, for some time and very excited to hear your stories. So uh, let's jump into it. Uh, how did you get into the world? What, what was your first entry point? Um, well, I was one of those crazy people that w- went to bartending school. Mm. I did one of those. I did it years ago. So I know. I don't know why I did it. And you know what? It came full circle because I wound up becoming an instructor in a bartending school years later. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I went to bartending school. My dad was like, you'd be a great bartender. You talk to everybody. So mm-hmm. that's that's how it started. Right. And okay. uh, my first bartending, the first time I bartended was in Applebee's. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> that place has a fond uh, place in my heart as well. Uh, in fact, I have a friend of mine who, uh, when the this is when b- uh, restaurants were fun to go to, <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> uh, would send the emoji of an apple and a bee to let me know it was time to go. So, how funny! Isn't that great? Isn't that? Yeah, um, that was my first experience. I bartended at a bunch of places, but that was my first experience. 
Okay. All right. So, well, let me ask you because, you know, I've had, we've had so many bartenders on here um, and I'm always intrigued about those who go through the route of bartending school. Did they like give you job leads or were you kind of like on your own to find, find that first spot? They give you like pretend job leads. Like they'll, you'll guest bartend at a place like say like McFadden's where it's like, you have to bring like 30 people with you Mm, mm -hmm. to get behind the bar. And then you're behind the bar for an hour and they keep your tips. Like it's that type of place. And they keep your tips. Yeah. Because it's like, or or like they'll, you'll have to like split your tips and it's like, cool. I'm walking out with 20 bucks. Gotcha. Okay. Which is fine. But like, it's not real bartending. Got it. Okay. So it's like, it's equivalent to like the comedy world of like a bringer show where like you... That's exactly what it is. You bring, you bring the, you bring people, you get the bar paid, but you don't make any real money, even though you've done all the legwork of bringing customers in. The only reason why I know is because Tracy told me what a bringer show is. <laughs> I was going to say, Tracy, I'm sure has hipped you to the world of comedy and how yes. much of the overlap is, especially that there is this hustle that exists where they, uh, you know, essentially jip you out of uh, what you got. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Now, all right. So you end up at Applebee's as the first gig, right? Yeah. Um, now... That I think, yeah, I mean, because you've bartended elsewhere. I mean, that's an. In, I feel like that's an interesting uh, first foray into the bar world because it's. I mean, it's a corporate backed space, right? You know, versus like a McFadden's or like you know a dive bar on the corner where they're like, here's the rag, uh, you know, clean it up, you know, for sure. So, t- so tell us a little bit about that. The first run at Applebee's, like, what was that? What was that like? Well, working at Applebee's. It's cool because like I was young. It's almost like those are like my college years. I think I was like 18, 19. And it's like, you're a bunch of like, you're a bunch of teenagers working together. Everybody wants to get with each other. And it's just a great environment to work. Mm -hmm. Um, And from never bartending before, suddenly I'm behind this bar and I'm thinking it's Applebee's. It's going to just be like all families. And it's not. There's like (laughs) tons of like regulars there, which is crazy. That is kind of wild. Now, which Applebee's was it uh, in the city? No, in Brooklyn and Sheepshead Bay. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So yeah. There, so there's that neighborhood. So it sounds like a neighborhood bar, no? That's exactly what it is. It's like, it's right on the water. All of the fishermen across the street, like they had all their boats and they would all come in after work. They would all get hammered together. Interesting. Okay. All right. So you, so do you have any, did you, do you remember any of the regulars that came in that were like those like iconic folks that you're like, I've never seen a human being like this before in my life? Well, we, we had tons of regulars and a lot of them were like different groups of guys, like some union guys or, uh, you know, like union construction guys or like, uh, here teachers. We had tons of teachers that would come in, but every group would have like certain characters that would always stick out. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we had this old lady. Her name was Mary, and she came in by herself. She was out of her mind. She was emotionally disturbed, sure, and she sure. would just she would just talk to herself, and she would get a dollar beer, and she would want like a rocks glass, then a glass with ice in it, and then like another glass, and she would make this like concoction, and she would sit all day and drink one one dollar beer. No shit. That is yeah. 
So what was the concoction? What like was it? Did she have? Was she smuggling her own shit in to make this? Or I she would. It's funny because years later there was another woman in like her thirties who did the same thing. I never understood it. She would pour some from her pint glass into a rocks glass and put like an ice cube, and then take the ice cube out and put in another cup, almost like she's chilling it. Okay, (laughs) I don't know why. It's almost like it sounds like what you do with like wine. I don't know. Like you know it's I mean? so interesting. Yeah. Like I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my Bud Light neat, if you will. But that's exactly what it was. And it's like she would put the ice cube in, like let it marinate and take the ice cube out. And I just it was always so she fascinated me. She never tipped us. She never bought more than one dollar beer. But like I would even give it to her for free just for to watch her because I right. didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, like almost like National Geographic sort of style. Yeah, like you know, it, it, it's so weird seeing people in this environment and how alcohol just like changes people. They come in quiet as a church mouse and then they're like stripping by the end of the night (laughs) did mary end up stripping at any point she didn't actually they wound up like banning her because she just sat for i guess too long and only spent a dollar and the other bartenders you know they were like a little bit cheer than me and they would be like annoyed with her i don't care some old lady wants to sit there all day what does it harm me right you know right it so it sounds, and it also sounds uh, like on their their side where it's like there could be somebody else sitting there that would spend more money. So they're well, like, that's what I think it is. Yeah, which you know, I guess when it comes to business, I guess you have that mentality around it. But it's like at the same time, it's like yo, who gives a fuck? I don't know. That's why I don't own a bar. That could also yeah, same. be why I don't. Same. <laughs> I just I'm, I'm 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 look outside looking in. You know, that's that's my vibe, I guess. So. All right. So you were at Applebee's, right? And then where did you go from there? What was the next, uh, next bar? So I stayed, uh, well, I stayed in Applebee's while I worked in other bars because the money was good. So I stayed there for like 10 years or something. I was there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I, one day this old guy comes in and he's like, kind of like decrepit looking a little, and he's there with like his son and he recruits me to come work in his bar. Oh, okay. You were poached. He was a poacher. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. his bar was called Jim's Marine Inn, but it was so run down that it just had Jim's Ma on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's Ma. So, All right. Like, it's like, it was one of those bars. I'm and, right. um, Again, it's a neighborhood bar. It was very residential. Like it was just on the strip in the wilds of Brooklyn in a very, it was like a very um, like Irish Catholic neighborhood, like just like a very deserted neighborhood. It was a strange place to be. Right. Okay. So like that desolate block. Yeah. And it was like, who is going to come in here? And there was no closing time. Like, it was just like, when you leave, you leave. I mean, there were times that I wouldn't leave until like eight in the morning. Like, it was crazy. Who? All right. So many questions, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's, is there, are there the marathoners who are there till 8 a.m.? Like, they show up at midnight and hang till eight? Like, I'm, yes. 
what's the shift? What's like, what's a customer shift look like, you know? Well, you know, you have the early people who come in like right when you open and they're there until like 9 p.m. until the younger crowd starts to come in. And then the younger, you know, they start playing like rap music and the older guys don't want to hear it. You know, it's that like the music changes, more people are playing pool or darts, like just the vibe changes in the bar. Okay. So, you know, when you come at like nine o'clock to me is usually like um, the people more like my age in their thirties because they're, I'm not going out at one in the morning anymore. That was when I was younger. Sure, Sure. So there would, there would be like, my age and then they're out until like midnight till they have to go home to their wives or whatever and then is the younger crowd is later on ah okay and they want to get like lit up all night jesus christ yeah i'm like flood of like old <laughs> memories uh blurry mental polaroids <laughs> of being out till three thirty in the morning like oh let's do this shit so all right now <laughs> now i'm getting the picture of jim's ma I'm calling it. Right. Jim's Ma. I don't know if I can go back to Jim's Marina. Uh, <laughs> now that I know it's Jim's mom. Um, so now do you have, so like, what are, do you have some of those moments there where you're like, I cannot believe this is happening right now? Like, I, um, I have a few moments like this in Jim's mom. Um, one of them since, since this place was kind of residential, like mm-hmm. there was houses very close by and there was always like, strangely enough this bar had a dj a lot he was like a neighborhood dj he still djs everybody knows him everybody loves him and he would come he would just randomly set up at 11 p.m you know and sometimes go until like six in the morning and it was the best time (laughs) all right and then some neighbors didn't like it and i remember a neighbor had a big problem with it and he would always like call the cops or complain and this was just like an all the time thing And one time this DJ and his friends, I don't know who they called, but they called some company and they got all this like cattle brought in. Like it was goats, goats, chickens, like turkeys. And they just let him loose on this guy's lawn. (laughs) On the guy who kept calling. uh... Yeah. The guy who kept calling, the guy who lived on the block. They just like here you go. You're going to keep messing with us. Now we're going to mess with you. And there was these like wild animals just running around. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, (laughs) again, like, I guess it's like, what is like the end game of that? Right? Like what is, I mean, other than you're going to fuck with the guy, but like, how do you corral those animals back in? Like, they're, that's the thing like now you have chickens running up and down the avenue like what happens now and the thing is i think they just had to pay like this this astronomical fee i don't right. really know who they called i guess they called someone who would like maybe if your kid was having a party they wanted to have like a petting zoo or something maybe it was something right. like that but it was like this is this is what you go through to like punish someone (laughs) i got yeah like also i had to be very curious as to what the thought process was behind this like you know what we're gonna do to get him back and (laughs) right you know like not like egg his house not like i don't know his car or whatever key his car you know what barnyard animals you know who thinks of that (laughs) The DJ at Jim's Ma, apparently. Yeah. 
that's legit the only person I can think of right now who would. That's a very creative, I guess, revenge uh, plot uh, to enact. You know, these guys were a, a lot of fun that would come into the bar. You know, obviously, as you sure, can tell. Sure. Um, but there, this neighborhood was like. It was an old school neighborhood. It was like, I guess I didn't know what I was getting into when I started working there um, mm. because I, I have friends everywhere. And when I worked in Applebee's, listen, we had kitchen guys who was on like, who were on like work release. Like we had everyone working there. Right. So I'd be like, oh, I'm working at Jim's Ma. Come in. There's a DJ. Come get drunk. Everybody come after work. Okay. And when I tell you, I would make this cash register like thousands of dollars. Like we would, my friends would come in and get like wrecked and they would stay all night and they would pay for everything. It was a great crowd. Sure, sure. But apparently some older people in the neighborhood didn't like the crowd I was bringing in. Oh. Um, so one night when my the owner was in there, I wasn't there. Like this guy, he thought he was like this big tough guy. He was like the drug dealer of the neighborhood. He goes in and he goes, I hear your bartender is bringing like Latinos and like black people and bringing in like all of these people into our neighborhood. You got to right. fire her. Wow. And my, bar and my boss is like, no, I'm not firing her. She's awesome. Who cares? Like we're just, right. yeah. Like, why is this an issue? Who are you? And also, yeah, first of all, who are you, A? Right. right. Unless you're Jim's ma, I don't think you get to tell me how to run the bar. B, yeah. they're spending money. Why would I ask them not to come in if they're not fucking the place up or whatever and they're just spending right. money? I mean, I know right. and it's not riffraff. Like, these are my friends. They're regular people. We're having a great time. Who the hell cares? Right. And so my boss was like, hell no, I'm not firing her. And a couple of weeks later, they set the bar on fire and Who, they the, ruined the drug dealer. The, yeah. What? Yeah. They set the bar on fire and um, it took months and months and months. And eventually my boss redid the bar. And he hired me back. He's like, fuck this guy. And he hired me back. Yeah. Fuck, like, yeah. Also, and good luck in jail, dude. Like, right. that's also wildly against the law, homeboy. You can't. Uh, and nothing like that ever happened again. Yo, that's fucking crazy, man. Right? Ra like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, racist, arsonist drug dealers. Uh, <laughs> fucking up bar. You know, I had. In that bar, I had a bench that I sat on. It was like this wooden stool. Mm -hmm. And after the fire, I had gone there. And the wooden stool, like the leg, one of the legs was black on it from being in the fire. And I still right. have it in really? my house to this day. It's something I kept. Oh, that's dope, man. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. That's pretty dope, man. So... All right, so we have a uh, drug dealer, <laughs> drug dealer arsonist. Yeah, these are some stories. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying where we're going with this. Uh, now, uh, so what, like, do you have any of those, like, uh, dates gone awry or, like, the drunk who won't leave? Like, do you remember some of those days? Well, okay. I worked in a bar. I worked in a cop bar also. Oh, okay. Which, which um it, it was really nice working there. It was a great bar. It um it still exists. It's still a cop bar. And um the guys would come in after they were done with work. And that usually wasn't until like three in the morning. Sure, sure. And they wouldn't leave. 
So like <laughs> they wouldn't leave. the cops were not leaving. I'm like, you guys know this is like illegal, right? Because like it's after four and they're like, yeah, but like we're cops. So like <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love, I also love the fact that like not factoring in that, like you want to maybe go home at some point. Right. Thank like, you. Like I made my money. I, I don't want to work. Like I'm done working. And they're like, yeah, but you, it's fine. It's totally fine. Like, why are you worried about it? It's like, that's the thing. And it's like, maybe because I came in at 6 p.m. and I'm exhausted. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And this is one of those bars that was like 40 feet long. You know, it's like, and I'm like running around serving these guys. They never wanted to leave. And they, you know, they were great tippers and stuff. But after a while, it's like, all right, it's getting light out. Like, it's time to go. Right. And the crazy part is even after I would leave, like sometimes I would like go to the store or whatever and, and circle back on my way home and they would be sitting outside with six packs what? just sitting on the street. Yo, man, that's, <laughs> uh, and well, that tells me one thing is that they do not want to go home. Seriously. Like I get wanting to unwind after work, but that's, that's a little extra for me. Yeah, I mean that's you know I'm certainly no Doctor Phil uh, here, <laughs> but I'm willing to bet that uh, there's probably some shit going on that they don't want to deal with. And yeah, I don't think you like your kids very much. <laughs> Narrow no. one bet, or your wife <laughs> probably probably not trying to go see her. Uh, you know, it's like why don't you go like to your mistress's house? Like, shouldn't you just go to her house? Like, I would think you don't have to sit out on the street like that, bro. Uh, yeah, just thinking of, <laughs> thinking of other places to go, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's not here. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> also just not here. Like, where, <laughs> what are other places on the planet to, uh, to go to that's not there, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. Um, so now, <laughs> was there any of those, like, I mean, well, this is what, here's a question is, sure, when you were working at that cop bar, right? Mm-hmm. Was there ever times where like they'd I'm clearly had to have too much to drink, but like we were like, yo man, you have to leave. Like, how do you kick a cop out of a cop bar? Like Well Or do you I guess I I feel like I never really kicked them out, but like after a while I'm like, I put on my jacket. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I mm-hmm. grab my purse or I'm outside smoking a cigarette for entirely too long. Right. You know, for you to get the hint that I'm not serving you another Heineken. <laughs> mm, okay, got it, got it. So not like the get out, but it's almost like at a restaurant when you see the chairs start to go up and you're like, oh, okay, somebody, somebody wants Right. To. Well, the thing is, no matter where you work, there's always going to be people that don't want to leave or people that come in five minutes before you close. I mean... You know it. Yeah. Oh, and exactly. And it's like, yo, come on. Like, you can't, like, why are we here? What, what, what are we, we going to get accomplished in five minutes, folks? What, are, what is the last, like, you know, a Southern Comfort and Lime going to do for your body? Ugh. What is that going to do? Except you're going to puke in the parking lot. That's, yeah, that's essentially what that's going to be. Yes. Right. That's all it is. And that's all we're going to ever see. (laughs) It's so true. Now, I mean, over the years, right? uh, Let me ask Mm -hmm. you this. Have you ever been in those situations where you had to kick someone out or send them on the road? And if so, how, how did that roll? Well, we had, when I worked in that cop bar, I worked with this older gentleman. He was really nice. He was... 
he was probably at the time like early 60s and he was still bartending, but like, cool, we had a lot of fun together. So what he did was he got us both like from soccer, he got us yellow card and a red card. (laughs) So when someone was, when they were on the cusp, we would yellow card them. And if it was time for them to go, we're red carding them. You're out. That's hilarious. Yeah. And we would have to kick people out sometimes. Now, was there, so when you would flash the yellow card, did they know like, oh shit, like would they ask what they did? Like, would you say what they did or would you just go, here it is. How how did you? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll yellow card them. I'll hold it up and they'll say like, what is that? And I'm like, this is your warning. One more of these, like you're out of here, but like you're on the cusp and they'll be like, like, what did I do? And it's like, well, I don't know. Like you just spilled your drink 14 times or you're like, you're hitting on everybody like, and you're being annoying or whatever it is, you know, or like I saw you gag when you took that shot and I just know you're going to be sick, right? whatever it is. But like, and then when they're red carded, when like, I remember there was a guy who went around stealing the tips off the bar. Oh, sh- yo. Yeah. Right. I'll fight you over that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not only a red card, that's a crime. Well, and the thing is, it's, it's so crazy because like these people wouldn't do this if they were sober. It really is when you're at that blackout point. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's... Mm-hmm. That is exactly what, and because I'm sure when you, they are at that point, like that next day, he's like, I didn't do that. And it's like, for sure. But you did. The camera. Right. You did. Yeah. And now I don't want you here ever again. Because you still, you're, you're taking, you're taking my money. You're taking my money from me. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's terrible. Like the way people will treat anybody in the service industry when they're at that point. Oh, see, yeah, that is, well, that tell, that's, that's such a tell of character, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you treat people in the service or how do you treat someone, quote unquote, who like is at your service, right? Or like is waiting sure. on you like that, that speaks so much to, to who you are as a person. And, you know, and if you're stealing their money, <laughs> that's a right. big indicator as to who the fuck you are. Um, now when you, so if you're, do you remember like when you caught dude stealing and you're like, yo, put that money back. Was he like, I didn't like, what do you say when you're caught like that? You know, uh, the other person never knows what to say. They were just kind of like, what money? Like this, I had money on the bar or, mm. you know, I didn't see any money. And it's like, listen, I'm not new here. Like I know what I saw. And then at that point though, I have to tell you. Like, I'm very tough, but at that point, it's easier to tell the guy, like, can you deal with this guy? You know, like, you could strong arm him to get him out a lot faster than I can. And that's really kind of was my default. Like, you can you deal with this guy? Like, I can't right now. And yeah. And I mean, also, like, if you're in a cop bar, it's like you have like you have like 30 security essentially at almost at your disposal, right? Where like all right. Yeah. Do I really, is this, I don't have to die on this hill. Like, Hey, this guy just stole. Can you fucking deal with that? I pretty much everywhere I've worked has been like the guys there are like security. Mm. Like when I worked in Applebee's, the, the fishermen that came in, we would call them the fish mafia. (laughs) (laughs) And they were, they would come in and they just, everybody knew who they were and their seats were always there. And they were such great guys like to have as regulars 
Yeah, well, I mean, again, built-in security. And yep. also, they're paying to be security. Yes, absolutely. Think about it like that. that did, they ever, did they ever have to go into action, the fish mafia? Well, funny you say that. Um, I was thinking about this story today. I was actually, I, I used to, I bartended with a lot of my friends that I'm still friends with now. And mm-hmm. I was texting my girlfriend. I was like, I'm going to be on this podcast. And I'm thinking about these things that we did while bartending. And it's like, this is, I'm horrified and laughing, but like, I'm horrified. <laughs> um, Go on. There was a, there was a girl that we worked with. Her name was Irina and she had just moved from Russia. She was this really nice girl. And, um, I think like people would like take advantage of her because she was new Mm -hmm. and she was serving these guys and they were these three guys and she kept serving them like buckets of beer and they were getting like hammered. So eventually they walked out on their check. And yeah, and we have to, if, if that happened to me, I would have to pay for it. Right. Like that's the policy, you know? And she was crying. She was like, you know, I just moved here. I don't know what to do. Their bill is like 200 bucks, whatever it was. And she's living on her own and she was very upset. And one of the fishermen were like, excuse me, what happens? And <laughs> he was there along with the DJ from Jim's Ma. Oh wow! Okay, I love <laughs> everything it. comes full circle. Along with my ex boyfriend, okay. and they were like, uh, "Can you tell us who it was?" And she was like explaining like who it was, and they went outside and they found the guys, and one of them got thrown through the bus stop, like the glass bus stop. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, isn't that crazy? And so they like. You know, they beat these guys up, whatever. Um, and there, oh, an ambulance wound up having to come, which is so crazy. Jesus but like, Christ. Oh, these guys were also hammered. So like they're falling everywhere. But yeah, they got beat up. So Fish Mafia came through. And the funniest part is they come back inside, the guys, the fishermen, everybody, and they have blood on them. And they look like they were just scrapping. Sure, right, right. And they just their food was there at this point and now they just they continue eating their food <laughs> and drinking and the cops come in and the cops are like what happened we just took these guys you know the guys just went to the hospital we heard there was an altercation these guys are like i don't know what you're talking about just continue <laughs> eating their burgers yeah i don't know what you're talking about and nobody said a word and they didn't get in trouble that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I could also see in very like neighborhood cop fashion. I'm just like, well, they didn't see anything. Well, so. the funny thing is, it's probably one of the cops from the cop bar. All these bars are in the vicinity of each other. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. So this all ties together. And mm-hmm. now, so, so it, what ended up like, did they like, pay like did anybody pay for the tab like so after these guys got beat up i they like chalked up money and the thing is i think they walked out really not to beat the money on the tab i just think they were really that drunk i really don't think it was malicious because i have had people leave without paying just from being so drunk without realizing it but then you also have those those kids who run out because they think it's funny Sure, yeah. These guys, I think that they were just at this point and then finally, you know, bloody. Um, they were like, here, take our money, you know, and the girl right. wound up getting like a $100 tip too, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, I, well, I was, that was my thought, right? <laughs> I was wondering, like, did she end up, you know, ahead, I guess? You know, like, did she make money throughout the ordeal? She because- did. 
which yeah i mean and good you know obviously good on her for uh uh being made whole and actually not even more than whole uh in the situation and Mm -hmm. you know because like i couldn't imagine like being in that position right of like yo i'm now down 200 bucks that i don't have and i'm fucked to like oh shit i just made an extra hundred dollars this is great because you don't even know if you're going to make that $200 that night to pay back. Who knows? Exactly. You you don't know if that's... Or how long that'll take, right? Sure. Like how mm-hmm. you'll eventually you'll have to, you know, get... You'll eventually get there at some point. But still, it's still fucking unnecessarily so, right? Yeah, it like, sucks. Which, like, I also think about, like, though, if you're those dudes and you're fucked up and you get up and leave... And you have almost no idea initially why people are trying to fuck you up. And you're like, what? Why are y'all beating the shit out of me? And it's like, oh, that's right. I didn't pay. That's why, right? Well, that's the thing. Obviously, they didn't know they did something wrong because they were waiting at the bus stop right outside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, generally, theft of good and services means that you fucking leave the area. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, like, I wouldn't fucking go to Dwayne Reed and uh, steal some soap and then wait for the B-48 to come get me. Exactly. That is, yeah, that's... (laughs) See, Noel, that's what we call detective work, right? That is <laughs> that is sleuthing. That is figuring yes. out the crime and going, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if this is a real suspect because most criminals try and get away. They want to get away from yeah, the Yeah, they don't like hang out. That ain't, you know, I'm no again, I'm no criminal expert, I'm no criminologist, but that ain't that ain't how crime works. Right. Not, not Agreed. Sure. That is not how that works. So all right, let me ask you, let me ask you this, Noel. What is, uh, let me ask you, what is the one thing that you have learned from bartending? And now it doesn't have to be about the bar industry, it could be about life, but what is the one lesson that you took away from, from the different experiences you had? Um, wow. Let's see. I mean, I've learned, I've definitely learned a lot of things from bartending. Um, some of it, I would say alcohol is the devil. <laughs> it makes you do <laughs> terrible things. Um, I've had people be like the nicest people and just turn into animals after drinking. You know, they're like, "I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go to Atlantic City and and have sex with every girl I see." But meanwhile, your, your wedding is next week. You know, like mm-hmm. you see people do terrible things. So, I if I have any advice for anybody, it's like don't get blackout in public. If you're going to get blackout drunk, do it at home. Just mm. do it at home. Mm-hmm. And yes, also, I, I will say one more thing. Always trust your instinct about people because I have like, I've had friends of mine like over here, like I've had shady characters and like my friend works with me and she was like, they're planning on robbing you when you leave. They see how much money is in your tip cup. No, And shit. I would have to be like walked out by like the kitchen guys and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, Whoa. and I knew that these people were off and somebody overheard them talking like in the bathroom or something. Yo, that's yeah. Funny. That's a story in of itself, man. Yeah. Fuck. Where mm-hmm. was this? That was in Applebee's. No shit. See, yeah, and it's like it's it can happen anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. You're motherfucking right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. here I am thinking Applebee's is the safest of places in my heart. And to you would that, think to know there are fucking criminals afoot uh, at, uh, at such a hallowed <laughs> institution. Noel, I'm stunned. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that, though, about like trusting the instinct. Right. Mm-hmm. I was at this bar in Union Square. Right. And I was sitting there. I was waiting for a friend. And this guy came in and there was just something about him. Right. Like, no, like Mm -hmm. couldn't figure it out. No one like he just his energy was off and like bartender just like didn't trust the instinct, man. And dude um, bought a Budweiser. He paid with a hundred bucks. He got the change, took two sips and was gone. Weird. Well, all of it comes together when the bartender's like, what was going on with that guy? I just, I don't know. There's something off of them. Well, he ran that pen down the hundred dollar bill to see if it was real or not. Not real at all. A scumbag. So, isn't that, that's fucking scum city right there. Right. And it all makes sense. I mean, you come in by yourself, you get a bud for a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. you get the change two sips later, you're out the door like nothing wrong with that Budweiser and yeah. you you've left a dollar on, you know, I mean, not you tip normally, but still like all that money's out the door quick. And it's like that motherfucker's running counterfeit bills. Yeah. No wonder he didn't stick around. Right. Exactly. See, that's real crime is you yep. fucking leave. <laughs> he didn't wait for the B44 to go. <laughs> He didn't. He was gone. <laughs> Nobody. He was fucking in the wind, man. That guy is in the Cayman Islands right now, off of his fucking hundred dollar heist, saying, "Look, man, I got over in Union Square, and they weren't even they weren't even there for it. They didn't know." That's wild. And that fucking wild. Yeah. Wild, wild shit, man. Well, listen, Noel. Thank you so much for uh, bringing your stories in. These have been fucking delightful. Um, we are, so we're going to get into our next segment, right? Which is five questions Mm -hmm. for our guest. Now, these are the questions, uh, we ask each of our guests about life as a bartender. So here we go. Question number one, what is a misconception people have about being a bartender? What is the one thing when they hear you do it, you say, all right, well, that's not true. Um, I, there's so many misconceptions, but a lot of people look down on you. Like you must not be educated, Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, which I've had a lot. I've had a lot of people like talk down to me. I've had people call me like a bar wench. Like, it's just like, um, you're a bartender. You probably couldn't get another job or this is all you could do for yourself. And it sucks. Like people are so mean. And yeah, well they are and they suck. Right. And yeah, there's so many bartenders that mm, this is, <laughs> there's more to the world than that, and they can do right. it. Right, so. and we also make a mo- more money than most, too. And it's like, mm, I'm sorry, so I should have my degree and have a job that I hate, or like I can be slinging Budweiser's for a few hours and make a ton of money. Like, which is better? Yeah, and also like... What if I, yeah, what if I actually like my job? So, yeah, it, now people just make assumptions like you're, you couldn't do better. Right. And not fucking true. No, uh, not true at all. You, I chose to be a bartender. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. point them out, Noel. I want to <laughs> know who the fuck they are. All right. Question, <laughs> question number two What is the biggest tip you've ever received as a bartender? 
Ooh, okay. All right. My biggest tip. I never got like the biggest tips, but I would make a lot of money at Jin's Ma, which is crazy as it sounds. Okay. Um, I, the last night, the night before they closed, we I worked with the owner's son. We bartended together and everyone in the world was at the bar that night. We made thousands of dollars in our pockets and one guy gave us $500 each like as a parting gift. Shit. Yeah, yeah that was wild. I would cry. I say that every that's time. That's the I, thing. Like you changed my life for real. Like mm-hmm. that is life altering, life altering money right there. Yes. All right. So, question number three: What's your pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing you do not want them to do? Okay. Don't don't tell me to make your drink strong before I even make your drink. Mm. And like, so in Applebee's, everything was frozen and people would always be like, I can't taste the alcohol in here. And like, really, I know that's like common for bartenders to complain about, but that's like my number one. Right. And so I would fill their straw with the nastiest alcohol there was behind the bar. So like, well, whiskey is going to go in your pina colada straw now. (laughs) And they would take like the biggest sip of it and like choke to death and be like, it's so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is it? Is it really? No, because now it's disgusting. Like you have well gin in your strawberry daiquiri now. And now you can taste it. And now you can taste it. There you go. Now it's real, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. All right. Question number four. Okay. If you owned a bar, what would you name it? Okay. My dad always wanted me to have a bar and he wanted, he loved meat and he would be like, you have to serve a bunch of meat there, which is weird. But, and he said, call it meet me here. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Like, all right. No, there's something you know about me. Inside my heart lives dad jokes. Okay. There's a, little, there's a little chamber. There's four chambers in a heart, but I have five chambers, and one of those chambers <laughs> filled with dad jokes. And here, yeah, filled that chamber right there. And I appreciate you for that. That's I awesome. It. I love it. Say no more. All right. Question number five. What is your favorite drink? What What do you like to have? Could be non-alcoholic, alcoholic, either way. Well, I will say that once uh, I quit drinking because of bartending sure because i was like this is terrible um (laughs) but i do i have to tell you i love a shirley temple i really love a i will drink the hell out of a shirley temple yo i (laughs) i this yeah you know what this is this one of my one of my most favorite episodes and i'll tell you why not only is there not only is there dad puns (laughs) right but also this is the first Shirley Temple I've heard as a favorite drink. And this used, I used to have Shirley Temples all the time when I was a little kid. We'd go to this mm-hmm. restaurant called Little Venice in Binghamton. And because I wanted to be all grown up and shit, my mom would get me Shirley Temples. And there'd be a little mm-hmm. cherry in there. And he had the fizz and everything. And he felt like a fucking grown up. So I love it. Say yeah, no I love them. Awesome. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Best five questions for a guest I've had to date. And I'll say that. Yes. Yes. So from here on out, folks, step your fucking game up. Get your pun, <laughs> get your puns for your bars ready and have drinks that remind me of my childhood. That is how <laughs> that is how you win this game. So there you go. 
Now, all right, Noel, we're going to get into our final segment of the show, which is my personal favorite, which is called "What were you, What were you drinking?" Now, okay. I have a very messy Facebook and Twitter timeline, uh, so much so that I can only assume that when people post things there that they are drunk because no sober person would volunteer <laughs> that information. I have to assume they're drunk. So you, being a bartender over the years, you have seen people drunk on so many different things. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd love for you to help us diagnose what do you think they were drinking when they wrote this, okay? Love it. Okay. All right. So here we go. We have our post ready and it is as follows. Hey, Carl, it's going to be the best day ever when you're sitting exactly where you try to send me. Y'all is some twisted individuals and y'all need to be locked up. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Little twist twist at the end. (laughs) Um, I can read that one more time if you need to, or do you well, I would like to know what time of day this was. Fair question. <laughs> um, this was at 8.30 p.m. Oh, it's an early one, too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. This person, they seem just like the tiniest bit angry, but like not too angry. Right. So I had someone order this at one time. This, I don't know if this has a name. It probably doesn't. This dude wanted a Long Island iced tea. Okay. Okay. No sour mix, no Coke, no ice. (laughs) Just liquor. (laughs) (laughs) Vodka, gin, rum, tequila, triple sec. And then he wanted a shot of Cavassier on the side. Well, all right. (laughs) That is, that, that is called a world. That's a whirlwind of excellence. Right there. That's, <laughs> that's rough. That is fucking rough. And you, so you think that's what this, uh, that's what this person was on? For well, no, you know what? Being, I thought that at first, but being that you said it's eight thirty at night, I feel like that's something you can't drink at eight thirty at night. Even though this guy ordered this about noon, um, I would say this is like a funner drink, and I would say this is a drink called Blue Balls. Okay, which is Black House cranberry. Seven Up and Blue Carousel. Woo. Okay. All right. But it's fruity and it's delicious and it makes people happy. Black House has a good effect on people. And I feel like you get really wrecked, but you're not a mean drunk. And this person's only a little angry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, this is is like, you know, you did something. And I know that you know that you did. Mm-hmm. So it's got. So what I mean is, it can't be like a vodka and cranberry. It's got to be a little bit of like a funner drink. Yeah, this is like yeah. this is passive aggressive. Just like, hey, you know, I know yeah. you're a piece of shit, right? This right. You know that I know. That. Just like a little bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, just a tiny. Yeah. Snip, right? <laughs> That's fucking funny. Well, no, thank you, thank you for bringing your expertise into our diagnosis here of what you were drinking, um, and you know that is going to do it for us. Uh, you know, thank y'all for tuning in for another installment of Open Bar Talk podcast. Uh, if you want to find the show again, you can do that um, wherever you find podcasts: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that: openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find me, of course, I'm at Jim Search on all social media and. And gymsearchcomedy.com. Uh, Noel, thank you so much for uh, hanging with us here. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we uh, get out of here? Um, listen to us 
Teen Mom Trash Talk, 90 Day Fiance Trash Talk, and we do stereo every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Yes. Go check those out. Um, Noel and Tracy are fucking hilarious. I'm so happy to have you on the show here. Um, And we appreciate the time. So all y'all who are listening, once again, thank you so much. Uh, Make sure you put a water between each drink and we will catch you on the next one. Mm -hmm.